Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and thank you for last week. I have to say thank you, and I want to gush on you for a while and say you were spectacular. God was spectacular. His hand uh, moved in a significant way. Your giving during Fall Fundraiser was absolutely amazing. So bless you for all that you did to help Faith Radio, and it means the world to us. And I want to uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So I've got my Bible open. Starting in verse 18, it says, And base on always different requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of God's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will be fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So as I'm just coming off fall fundraiser, I am thanking you and I'm also praying that um, that I can declare it fearlessly as I should, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. And I love being part of this Faith Radio family. So thank you again. I'm just, uh, we're overwhelmed and... If we repeat ourselves a lot, it's because we mean it. So thank you. I have a great show for you today. My friend Patrick is going to join me in just a minute. And then the Monday afternoon mix resumes. We're going to talk about a verse out of Colossians uh, with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. And then Dr. Rob Reno is going to join me. And we're going to talk about the prodigal. If you've got one in your life that's maybe drifted away from the faith or as a parent or grandparent, you're looking for ways to connect with those in your life who uh, you're not as closely connected to as you once were. This will be a helpful conversation. Dr. Greg Heddington's going to be joining me at 5.30. We're going to be uh, talking about the application from the book of James. It's going to be a great show. Patrick is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. He is a, a comedian and a magician and a performer and a radio host, and he does all kinds of things. Always like looking at life on the lighter side. I like starting the week that way. Uh, a merry heart is like good medicine, and I sure love a good smile. Patrick, welcome. Hey, and, and congrats on a great week. What a uh, great, fun week. It was an yeah. amazing, amazing week, yeah. So my week started off a yeah. little weird. I, I woke up this morning to an alert from my bank saying that uh, there is a suspicious charge on your account. So I looked it up, and sure enough, at 2.25 in the morning, there was a, a charge that was made. So my account got hacked, so... You know what that involves. You call the bank and they cancel your credit card um, and then you issue you a new one. But having mm-hmm. your account hacked, I think, is a little different from having your identity stolen, which happened to me a couple of years ago. But they returned it after 10 minutes because they couldn't stand pretending to be me either. So, you know, it worked out okay. <laughs> well, you know, it was probably more difficult than they had anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea what they were in for. So, yeah, they gave it up yeah. after 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. I, uh, yeah. Well, my I woke up to the, the to the power going out. I had just gotten the kids off to school. I come back, and I, I can't get in my garage, and suddenly there's no power. And I have 
everything to do yet. <laughs> so uh, I actually managed, I don't, this is, you know, there's a little bit of daylight coming in, but there are a couple of rooms that are pretty dark, but I managed to make an omelet in the dark. <laughs> I do, this was maybe not the smartest idea, but, uh, you know, I have a gas stove and I, I tossed a match in and I, I could see the flame and that was enough light to make an omelet in the dark. I took a shower in the dark. I shaved, brushed my teeth, got dressed in the dark. Uh, nothing matched, but I succeeded. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was almost trapped in my own house and it is, it's funny as something that simple and basic, how you can sort of take it for granted and, 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 and think, wow, hang on a second. I have to, how am I supposed to do this? I have to go pick out clothing in the closet and there's no light. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's not I the worst, not the worst problem. Yeah. No, it's not the worst problem at all. Yeah. It was, it was actually yeah. kind of, a, I took it as a challenge. I took it as a challenge. Well, so, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to talk today a little bit about counterintuitive thinking. Um, Ooh, you are, I like blessed. that. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are, I think of the counterintuitive, uh, like steering a sailboat, it's counterintuitive because you push the tiller the opposite way to the way you want to go. Right. But isn't that, that's like, you know, trying to uh, steer through a skid on the snow. You're supposed to turn the steering wheel the opposite direction of the skid. Isn't that how that works? Yep, exactly. I believe it's so I've done, have you ever done sailing? Of, of no, any kind? No. Okay. I, I've done windsurfing, which is, that's one person sailing, I suppose. Uh, and, and a lot of the rules apply. And I remember some friends took me out and, and they, they got me, you know, used to how you're supposed to stand on a thing. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of the bay, which was quite easy to accomplish <laughs> <laughs> because the wind was blowing out. And so we're out there. And after a while I said, how do we get back? They said, oh, you have to, you have to sail into the wind. I said, well, how do you, it's a thing they, they call it tacking and there's a way to grab the wind and you, it's sort of a zigzag back and forth, but you can grab the wind, flip the sail around and actually sail back into the wind. It makes no sense. When you're first told about it, you say, well, that's not even possible to sail into the wind, but essentially you are sailing into the wind. You're using the wind against itself. I guess is the best way to describe it. If we have any sailors out there, they'll probably uh, text and correct. But but it was it was pretty cool. I, I mean, three days later, there I was, right back on the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I want to talk about a couple of counterintuitive things, and then also talk about some of the counterintuitive things that we learn in scripture. Um, so maybe mm. let's start with a couple that are are. Uh, you know, non-scripture, but maybe maybe ones that we can all identify with. And maybe you go back to your high school days, and you remember this old principle where if you want someone to be interested in you, you might act disinterested. Remember that uh, stupid thinking? <laughs> the old play hard to get thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, you know, I tried that on a math test. I, I played really hard to get uh, on the math test. I acted completely disinterested and I did not pass. So oh, uh, yeah. it, 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 it might work if in the dating world, let's say. Uh, but I remember that advice. Uh, is that really counterintuitive, but actually true? I, I have no idea. You know, this could be very yeah. wrong. I was just thinking of it a couple be. of things. All right. If you want to have free space in your life, you got to have structure. 
Oh boy, that's good. I mean, if you want to create margin in your life, you better have structure because if you just go about your day, it's going to fill with lots of things and you're always going to have a full plate with lots of things on your list and you may never get it done. And in order to have free space, you've got to be structured. So, Well, um, is that not uh, kind of um, related to discipline equals freedom? I mean, yes, of course. Uh, of course. Now, I know that you and I, you know, we, we've spoken about that over the years that, you know, you, you try to maintain um, as best a healthy diet and people say, well, you don't get to eat the good stuff. And you say, no, I'm actually buying myself the freedom to eat them without ill effect. Hopefully, right, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, so there's I, a discipline to it. Yeah. yeah. I love this one. We do not show vulnerability to others because we are afraid we will look weak. When we see others being vulnerable, we think they are strong. You, That's yes. a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's real good. And it, but it also, it reminds me of, you know, like, do you, you don't want to show vulnerability because yeah, you don't want to appear weak. And, but isn't there also a part of you that's a little bit fearful that when people say, you know, we, we like to see, you know, we like to see men show their feelings and you think it's Lucy in the football. You say, oh no, 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 <laughs> I show, <laughs> yeah. I show my feelings and you're going to, you're going to make fun of me, aren't you? This is, you're, you're pulling a fast one here, but it is true when somebody can kind of fess up to, uh, and I know you've seen it because uh, you have the real recovery show and sometimes you see people that have hit that vulnerable position, the rock bottom, and that was their turnaround. That that was where their strength came from. I right. give up. When they were I, at their most weakest point is where they found strength. Yes. Yeah. Because that's There's, when they invited. That's when they invite God in and say, "All right, you, t- I, I, I give. I, I get it. I'll give. Yeah. 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 All right. Here's another one, that's Patrick. Nice. Patrick Albanese is my guest to get things started here on a happy Monday. Uh, exercising when you're tired gives you energy. That's it's really true. Yeah. If you're it's, exhausted, the last thing you want to do is exercise, but it's usually the one thing that will wake you up and give you energy. Well, okay. Have you, you've done cross country road trips and sometimes you get a little tired behind the wheel. Have you ever pulled over to a rest stop and just done like some push ups uh, or just some body weight squats and you get back in the car and you say, I just uh-huh. woke up. Yeah, How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was yeah. supposed to take a nap, but I instead I moved. Yeah. That's counterintuitive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Doing things to keep others happy sometimes keeps us from happiness. There's a little counterintuitiveness. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. That's, yeah. We all make we all make decisions in life, and many of those decisions are to try to keep others happy. Um and that's just one of those things where I don't want anyone to live a life uh where, you know, sometimes you, you live a life that is full of what others expected of you. And I always want to say, be bold in your life, uh, live for Christ, uh, know him and make him known, and uh, you, know, you, will, you will lead a happier life. Yeah, and there's a, there's a fine line between you know, being of service to other people and only being of service to other people. Um, and, and, and sometimes you can kind of get into rescue mode and maybe that's not, maybe, maybe your reasons for doing it aren't the best, but it is, that's, that's a tough one for me because you would think, you know, by doing the best you can to help others that that would enrich you, but it can eat at you if you're, if you're not doing it for the right, for the right reasons. It's got to come from a pure heart, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does. 
So after the break, Patrick, I want to talk about some of the counterintuitive things that we find in Scripture. And I'll just I'll give you a tease to get things started. The humble are first in line. So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, more with Patrick mm-hmm. Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. We'll be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to the show. We've got Patrick Albanese as my guest to get the week started. A merry heart is always like good medicine. And thank you again for the sensational uh, week we had last week during our fall fundraiser. Uh, you were absolutely spectacular and amazing. And today we're talking a little bit about the counterintuitiveness of some things in Scripture, like the humble are first in line. Of course, Patrick, we live in a world where uh, the most powerful, the most... Uh, dynamic are usually the ones who are first in line, not the humble. Uh, On this planet, in the earthly world, uh, it can appear to be that they are first in line for everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but, um, and and I I, I don't mean to say that, you know, collect here, suffer later or vice versa. It's it's not that at all. It it does go back to the heart. Uh, I think it's uh, truly amazing that somebody can achieve certain heights and you say, I see why you dropped God. You don't think you need him. And there's mm-hmm. the humility. Mm-hmm. You know, another, you're like, I did this myself. <laughs> yeah. No. Here's another counterintuitive thought. The rich have no advantage over the poor. You know, when a rich Wait man a asked Jesus how he, could, how he could inherit the kingdom, Jesus Asked about his life, and the rich man said, you know, I've kept all the commandments ever since I was a boy. And Jesus says, well, why don't you uh, sell everything? And the rich man didn't oh. take Jesus up on that offer. So there's no advantage um, about uh, wealth. Oh. The rich have no advantage over the poor. Another one which I love are childlike qualities are required. Uh, when we come to faith, we enter the way a child would. Um, with that kind of childlike innocence and humility. And when you think of a four-year-old opening a Christmas present or a birthday present, they could not be any more excited. And when an adult opens a present, usually it's something like, ah, you shouldn't have. Yes. Ah, you spent too much. Yeah, Yeah, the the child says you, 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 you the child says you absolutely should have. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope there are more. Yeah, is this is this is this the extent of the uh, generosity, or uh, you got a little something else hiding yeah. in that closet? Yeah, and God's grace. Uh, obviously, we can never pay it back, nor should we try. But let's have our hearts wide open when the gift of God's grace comes pouring into our life, and we should receive it with enthusiasm, just the way a kid would. That's hard, though. 
you know, you have to admit it, it. It's it's sometimes it's pretty awesome, especially if you're heavy, if you're going through one of those phases of your life. We're saying I'm not I'm not doing too well in in terms of being pleasing to God, and and yet He still has the grace for me. Mm-hmm. And you, I I know I go through moments where I says I I really don't deserve it right now. I really don't deserve it. I know it's mine, but it's it's hard to to come to grips with that, uh, you know, you know, yeah, you still get it. You still get it. Yeah. Well, Uh, you never deserve it. It's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, Patrick, here's another one. You don't have to really make up for your bad deeds. I think of the story of Zacchaeus, you know, he was pretty much everything wrong with him. Liar, cheat, thief, full of corruption, tax collector. Yet he had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus and he felt Conviction. Yes. And he said, I want to repay everything uh, fourfold. And right. You know, I, I don't I don't think you have to um, you know, at the moment we repent of our sins, we're granted forgiveness, even though we don't well, deserve it, it. You know, it's it's funny too. There's a part of me because I always love this the Zacchaeus story for, for many reasons. But I think, you know, here is like you say, here this is your textbook guy that you say, well, he's not um really living the life that he's supposed to be living and something drew him to Jesus. I mean, he's, he climbs a tree. Now, how, how many adults climb trees? <laughs> Not many. Not many, but you, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he's, he's, for some reasons he is drawn. He says, I have to go see this, this man. I have to go mm-hmm. see him. And you think, well, which, how many of us would be drawn to somebody that you say, when I meet with this person, I'm going to realize that everything I've been doing in my life, my life has been wrong, mm-hmm. wrong, yeah. Yeah. and that I need to repent and change it all. None of it, we don't like to give up the comfy. And, and it's, so I always find his story sort of stunning that it's like he had to know this might not go the way I want it to go. Mm-hmm. I might be asked to do something. I don't know, but I yeah. must go. I'm drawn to him. But when Zacchaeus yeah. repented, he was granted forgiveness right away. And again, he didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But yeah. I, I was appreciative that he was trying to do something restorative. He was going to pay back fourfold those that he had uh, lied or cheated from. But you can't make up for every bad thing you did. Because if you tried to do it, you would fail because it's impossible. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I like that Zacchaeus tried to make things right, but I think the point is it was not a condition of his salvation. No, I think his it, desire to do the right thing was a, was a product of the grace he had received from God. Yeah, and, and I don't know about you, but I'm not. If if they were to say that this could work, I'd be very very nervous to receive the list of all the things I had to atone for. Oh yeah, because. There'd be things on there you'd say, I completely forgot. Did I do that? I don't <laughs> really. Was that me? Mm-hmm. Are you sure you got the right guy here? Yeah. I did that, huh? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, obviously we know that you, the only way you can do it is with grace because it's, it's just it would be impossible to get it done any mm-hmm. other way. Uh, Patrick, here's another counterintuitive thought, which I think is a powerful one, and that is the outcasts are welcome. If you are on the fringe of society or you feel like you are an outcast, you are so welcome in God's kingdom. And Jesus came for all, uh, but he loves the people who live life on the margin. I think if you can be with someone who is uh, famous or a nobody, I think Jesus would gravitate to the nobody. 
I I agree. I and I would think that the famous person would probably have restrictions on being able to meet with Jesus in a public place anyway. You know how people are these days. Uh, it it it's gotten increasingly more difficult to even share your faith in any of the social media world without being labeled things or actually being unfriended. And somebody of high social status might say, you know, I think it'd be interesting, but uh, I just, I can't risk it because I really like where I am in life. Whereas, yes, yeah, somebody lower down would say, I would absolutely love to meet with you. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I mean, would people want to do it if they had to do it in a public place? Yeah. So when I yeah. think of some of the counterintuitive qualities of scripture, they're so worth studying and meditating on because when you think of a childlike quality is required to coming to faith or you don't have to make up for your bad deeds, these are the kinds of things that I think are liberating and give you freedom because you understand God's grace and you go, this is the most powerful thing I my mind can imagine is that Christ died for my sins and that he uh, wants a relationship with me and through repentance, he will forgive me and wipe out my record, make it clean. And I will live in through him, not through my failed attempts anymore. Oh boy. These, you know, it, it's never easy, but it's simple, isn't it? Yep. The, yep. the instructions are there. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm, you know, because counterintuitive and cognitive dissonance is something we, we all, we, we suffer from really where, you know, so we have competing thoughts in our head and that's not quite the same as counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but, uh, like I have, you know, cognitive dissonance where if I'm out driving, I wish that more people would adopt my driving style while at the same time, <laughs> acknowledge, acknowledging that if they did, the world would be a much more dangerous place. <laughs> that's different mm-hmm. though. That's, that's not counterintuitive. Yeah. I should yeah. Be. So just in a couple of minutes, we have left a minute and a half, Patrick, the, the fall fundraiser, you start to realize that people give up their resources and they say yes to a ministry that they like and they love. And maybe they want to say, I believe in what you're doing to spread the gospel. So they give something up thinking that it will be a blessing to others. And they don't really know who these others are yet, but they know that God's word does not return void and there will be lives changed as a result. It's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thought process. And again, I'm amazed at the beautiful listeners that have said yes to supporting Faith Radio. Well, and I, I had a conversation with you uh, last week at the end of the fundraiser, and I said, you know, what are some of the things that they use the funds for? And you'd mentioned that they might just build a radio tower in some far off place that allows the reach uh, to expand where suddenly God's word is getting to people that never got to before and you're saving souls that you will never meet. Right. It, that, that's, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the famous line is, uh, you know, planting, um, seeds in a garden you never get to see is from a famous musical. And you say that's, that's some of the things that what people were doing is they are planting seeds uh, and they they may never ever meet or see uh, come to fruition what their generosity did. Yeah, but they so have true. faith that it will that it will do that it will do good works. And I, yeah. I love that. I All right, that. we we got to run. Patrick, thanks for getting the day started. Always great to be with you. All right. Thanks. You, you bet. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. After a short break, we'll be up with the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B. Right back. Mm-hmm. 
love Mondays, and it's now time for the Monday afternoon mix. Mix, 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 mix. mix, mix, mix we got mix. quite a house today. We've got Pastor David Miles with special guest and Rosie B. Team, welcome. Hi. Yeah, I need to get David's mic on. Yeah, oh, we got we it. Go. We got it on. There we go, um, little brother. What? You know, we yeah. have a special guest, and I'm looking at him right now. And Jaden, can you just squish closer to the microphone? Do you think? He is sitting in, you're sitting in your dad's seat. He usually sits <sighs> whoa, there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa All right, that's man. disruptive. All right. Uh, David, why don't you do the, uh, the the pleasure of the introduction? That would be swell. Sweet. I am super duper delighted to have our youngest son, Jane Jeremiah Miles, with us, who is a sixth grader, all of 11, um, but is growing into being a young man. He is a lot of fun and as the youngest, he has two older brothers and older sister, and so um, I love this guy very much and enjoy learning from him, and uh, he is he's a delight. So, hey, Jane, how are you doing? Good. How was school today? Pretty good. Pretty good? You learned some fun things? Mm, kind of. Kind of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jaden, what grade are you in? Sixth. Yeah, I have to tell you, when I was in sixth grade, I was a straight-A student, and then I took my first quiz, <laughs> and, I, and I wasn't anymore. So that I mean, I'm just trying to give you a little background on me. So anyway, I have an A minus in math right now. I think. Oh, that's awesome! That's yeah. pretty with amazing. The, that's what that's with the numbers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. No, not, oh, yeah. See, there you go. I'm not sure either. Yeah, not this. not A B C one two three. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, David, I know we're going to talk to Jaden in a little bit. Are we going to also talk about Colossians one eighteen? We are going to talk about Colossians 118. And, um, you know, this is really an encouraging and helpful verse. Um, it's packed, it's, it's smack dab in the middle of what was known as a uh, Christ hymn. It was a hymn that the church used to sing uh, in the day. And uh, I think the fullness of it is worth reading, but we'll focus in on the one verse that really is, is a capstone. Um, and it was neat, too, because we had this as a devotion for my Leadership for Transformation class that I teach here at Northwestern. But uh, Colossians 1.15, it starts off about Christ. It says, He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things. You hear that familiar mm -hmm. word, that, that all word? All things hold together. And he is the head of the church, the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. You know what that is? That is a big boom. Mic I mean, drop. That is a mic drop. That is a mic drop for sure. You know, the beauty of uh, this and an encouragement for those in our listening family, just on how important the reading of God's word, the public reading of God's word. And, and if you're driving today and you're a shepherd of a, of a church or a leader of a church, let me encourage you to the regular reading out loud of a scripture. Um, it, it's a powerful thing. And I got a, 
I got a, a note of encouragement yesterday after preaching from one of the guys in our church on just his love of the fact that just the public reading and the, mm-hmm. the public sharing of Scripture. Um, so let us let us continue to spur one another on and continue to encourage each other in the Word. This is um, oh I'm sorry, Bill, go ahead. No, I'm just saying Amen to that, brother. Yeah, and you know, in our times today, with media trying to make you feel negative and all these type of things. This word is just, he, he's got this. He's above our media. He's above our conditions of, you know, what's going on in our society or in institutions. He's above all of that. Yeah. He is. He is. And, you know, um, one of the things that yesterday we spent time in the Word of God in Revelation 7, 9 through 17, um, and it talks about this beautiful uh, group, great multitude, um, that's an answer to prayer to Abraham from every nation, tribe, language, and throne, standing before the throne and crying out, salvation belongs to our God. And in response, the heavenly host, they all, you know, yell out, they're like, hey, blessings and honor and glory and power and wisdom and might and strength be to our God. You know, and so when, when we read that, we're like, hey, this is just a super wonderful time. But we forget that John, the, the apostle writing in um, Revelation, First, he's been exiled to the island of Patmos because of the word of the God, word of God and his and and because of Jesus. Also, during that time, there was this the little thing that happened earlier on July nineteenth, sixty four A.D. And what happened was there was this Roman emperor named Nero, and the city of Rome caught on fire, and it started off in the Circus Maximus area where they had these mammoth chariot races, and before the nine days of fire are done. 10 of the 14 provinces of Rome are, are ruined. And it was said that, as history looked back, that Nero did this on purpose because he wanted to bypass the Senate and to construct Rome to his own liking. And matter of fact, it was said that he sat in his palace playing a fiddle merrily while Rome burned and that they actually had gangs of just thugs who refused to let people put out the fire. But this little other element happened. Nero chose to blame this small sect of believers called Christians. Mm. And he would regularly bring the Christians to the arena, have them fight with the gladiators, throw them to the lions. And here's another thing. When Nero would have parties at his house, he would use the Christians as human torches. He would Mm. impale them, cover them with tar, set them on fire, and those were his garden torches. So when so when John's writing about this, you know, when he's writing about this great multitude and he's writing about the greatness of God, it's not under cozy, peachy, king, green acres types of situations. Mm. And so we need to be reminded of this reality as, as believers through the ages have been reminded of this truth of our great God, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of difficulties, even in the midst of trials, um, our God is still preeminent. Hmm. I wonder if humans have uh, have changed the way they are able to receive things. I mean, if I'm going to a dinner party and I've got my uh, blessed to be a blessing cutting board with my charcuterie on it and I'm bringing my hors d'oeuvres and I'm seeing human beings being used as torches, doesn't that just turn your stomach? You think, yeah. you know, you would think... Um, I would but, think they would be there by fear themselves. The guests, maybe by fear themselves. I don't. 
I don't know. There's a whole lot of people nodding their head yes in other dictatorships. Uh, yeah. You know, through time they nod themselves yes, and you know they they do just to not be the sacrifices themselves, right? Right. And we we tend to forget, like back then, there wasn't a Geneva conference on how you or Gen- Geneva convention. I'm True. a military mm-hmm. kid on how you did war, and actually, um, you know. If you if you want to those history buffs who do when you when you research how people used to do torture, I mean it was you know horrendous and mm-hmm. I mean like so so the unwanted concern for image bearers has been you know uh, an ongoing thing through society and technology as much as technology has its very good things it hasn't fully transformed the human heart only Jesus can fully transform the human heart. And so in the midst of all these things, we come back to Colossians 1 and, you know, Paul's writing and letting them know that Jesus Christ is all over everything. And so even though you can't see the sun on a cloudy day does not take the sun from shining and holding its place in space. And so Jesus is preeminent. And that word preeminent means first place. Mm, Above all. Above all. Mm -hmm. So... With that, Jaden and I had an opportunity to do a, a weekend together, um, and actually it was a, a couple days together hanging out, Jaden, and uh, he got to pick where we went. Um, we went down to Wisconsin Dells, um, but one of the things that happens that my old mentor, Jan Moskowitz, who was North American Director for Jews for Jesus, I miss this brother, he went home to be with the Lord um, in 2015, and uh but he would say to me, he goes, you know, David, in, in our Jewish culture, we'll do things like bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvah, you know, to tell people like, hey, you know, you're, you're stepping into this. And, you know, to, to speak in a, in a totally physio- physiological way, one of my mentors, he said to a group of, group of us one time, he said, for young women and for women, they understand that they're a woman every 28 days. It's just a part of that cycle. But for a young man that he doesn't understand that he's a man until his father or another significant man looks him in the face and says, you are a man, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to look at you and treat that way. And it's important that we do that because our culture will try to tell men what, quote, being a man is, and, uh, and a lot of silliness happens out of that. So Jaden and I went away for a weekend, and we did a thing which is called Passport to Purity. Uh, it's a really neat ministry of family life, uh, Dennis and Barbara Rainey. And it's, it's a series of lessons that look at, you know, um, Christ being preeminent and his hand over us and what it means to grow into a man, the changes that young kids are going to make from being little kids to going through puberty and going into being a teenager and going into manhood. And it's done very, very well and, and very, very, um, they really do a really good job with it and, and having conversations about um, development, about sex, about your voice changing, hair changing, different growths, um, dating, uh, the fact that God has given you parents, you know, as as guides, he's given you the word of God as a compass, and and also delving into some of the, the areas of pornography and masturbation and, uh, you know, gender issues as well, and, and really what that looks like. And so, you know, Jaden, how did you how did you like our weekend with all of that? A lot. Yeah, and uh, there's a section where where you're talking about um, you know growing uh, 
you know, what it means to become a young man and stuff and about your hair growing and different parts of your body uh, growing and, and things like that. And it comes to the end. And what did you say of that one, that one session? You said, this is weird. Yeah. And what's funny about it is, is we turn back on the tape or the CD or the MP3 or the, the digital audio thing. And Mr. Rainey says, Hey, dad, son, look at each other, take a deep breath and say, that was weird. And say, <laughs> <laughs> and say I'm so glad that's over. Um, but there, there's a lot of really neat exercises that are done. And Jaden, what was one of the exercises that you told me that you really enjoyed? The Play-Doh one. Okay. And so what was the Play-Doh one? Tell them a little bit about the Play-Doh one. Um, Want me to give you a hand with it? Yeah. Okay, so this one was on about what it meant to have relationships with other people and about influence. And so we took what? What color Play-Doh did we take? Um, yellow. Uh-huh. And? Blue. And? Red. Red. And so what we do is we talk about the ways in which um, people can influence us. And so you would take the, you'd make a um, person out of the red Play-Doh, or out of the blue Play-Doh, and out of the yellow Play-Doh. And then you say, here are these two people. And then what would you do, what would you do, Jaden? Mix them together. Yep. You'd smash them together and you'd start mixing them up. And then what color would come out? A greenish color. Yep. And so it would talk about, this This was a subject on mixing friends. So it would talk about this positive way of which, you know, a good influence can influence you into a more beautiful color. Well, then we would take that green color and we would smash it together with the red color. And the red color was representing a negative influence. And Jaden, what, what happened after that? Um, it, could, it became a gray, disgusting color. Yeah. And so it became a gray, disgusting color. And, uh, you know, we got done and I said, hey, Jaden, I said, hey, you know what? Um, can you just go ahead and separate and put the uh, the red and the yellow, the red, the yellow, and the blue, can you put them back in their respective containers? And were you able to do that, buddy? No. No. And what was the message there? Um, to have good friends and get a good influence out of them. Yeah. And so in a very visible picture, you're able to have a conversation on some very, very, you know, important topics and also the, the important topics that really mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, another significant person in their life should be having with them and being able to have it from a godly perspective that says Christ is preeminent. Wow. What a lesson. I think it's time to take a short break and you're listening to the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles and Jaden Miles making his premiere uh, appearance on radio and Rosie B will be back to talk uh, more about the conference that they were at and we'll be right back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests 
every week. Share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Monday afternoon mix where you never know what's going to happen. It's always a little unpredictable, and today's no exception. We've got a special guest with uh, Pastor David Miles and Rosie B., and that's Jade Miles in sixth grade making his debut appearance on radio and doing a spectacular job. And they just recently came back from a Passport to Purity conference, father-son uh, showing up and uh, doing the work together. David, it sounds like it was really a, a good time. Yeah, Bill, and one real quick thing just to clarify on something. The Passport to Purity, it's actually not a conference. What it is is it's a home study program, gotcha. a box program, where you, so dad, mom, or a significant person in that person's life say, hey, let's plan an overnight. Gotcha. And part of the overnight is that you're going to be going through a series of digital lessons um, you know, you're going to be looking at the beginning of the journey. You're going to get into running with the herd, which talks about the friends that you have, uh, a chapter on ready for an upgrade that talks about how you're developing. You'll get into a section that talks about destin- destination, le pure, which is talking about purity. And then a final section that does crossing the dating line, which is super rich mm-hmm. on, you know, really explaining the preeminence of Christ and that God has blessed you as a young person growing with parents and in that, you make a decision um, with your your child, with your now becoming a young adult, young um, in front of you, that they would commit to allowing um, your parents to be a part of determining when you date, because God has given your parents to you as a guide. He's given you the map as a Bible and the compass being Jesus. And so, it's really it's really a day and a half. And so you leave, you listen to some, some uh, recordings while you're driving to your location. Um, you give them a journal with a note from mom and dad in it. You go through some of the other lessons. The next day, you continue through your lessons. And then that afternoon, they get to pick their, their thing that they want to do. And so Jaden wanted to go to a water park. And uh, we did that. Uh, our oldest son, DJ, loved roller coasters. So we went to Cedar Point. And our second son loved camping, so I went camping with them. Um, and so that's that's really the weekend. And it, listen, it is one of the best investments you will ever make. And if I can tell you something, I was sad driving home and because I realized how much I truly have loved the privilege and opportunity to spend this time with my kids. And Jaden's my youngest. and uh, And just the thought like, you know, I, I have to wait for grandkids to do that. My wife Tammy <laughs> laughed the other night in our in our life group. We we're talking about it, and I was telling the guys, I'm like, yeah, I'm really bummed because I just really love doing this. And Tammy said, and no, we're not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, we're not having any more kids. I said, really? Yeah. She's yeah. like, nope. You'll have to, you'll have to do that another way. <laughs> yeah. Well, D- David, you're shepherding your children into manhood. And if the dad does not take on that role of shepherding 
sons into manhood, they will look for partial shepherds. And the partial shepherds may be that kid on their block that's a couple years older. Yeah. And they're more than willing to try to take them into adulthood. And it's not going to be the right route. Bingo. And we actually talked a little bit about that because, you know, in our family, um, we will talk openly about these things. You know, one, because God has made it and he's made it beautiful. And so, um, you know, but with wisdom and and with, um, you know, with the right type of uh, mindset with it, um, you know, so when talking with um, DJ, you know, asking him, you know, when did you first hear about this? And he said, actually, you, Dad. And, and, he, and he remembered, and I remember it was one night washing dishes, you know, and we were in the kitchen and I just started talking with them and say, you know, for Jackson, Jaden, we talked about, you know, where are some of the things that you had heard, heard, learned about sex from? And what did you say? School. Yep. School. And did you say you heard some other, other kids talking about it? Yeah. Yep. And then you said from family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but he had marked off. These are the places and Jaden's in sixth grade and our kids, you know, they're hearing it a lot earlier. I mean, like kids are hearing it. We have a highly, um, with an old word, what's called licentious. You know, we have a very sensual, sexual culture. And guys, to be actually point of fact about this, um, that's one of the things that's going to happen, even with the passing of things to reverse Roe v. Wade. We have to remember that's the fruit of the root of being in a highly sexualized culture. And so when Wilberforce sought, most people don't remember this or know this, but when William Wilberforce sought to eradicate slavery in Great Britain, he said he had two goals, the the abolishment of slavery and number two, the reformation of mores, which is the old word for morals, because he realized that people's morals needed to be reformed you know, through the gospel, through a right way of living before really that slavery could be abolished. And so the the Clapton sect of which he was a part of, which is really a small group, listen, it can take a small group of people to transform the world. But the Clapton sect was the first group to ever start an animal humane society in the world. Mm. So how you treat animals also include how you treat an image bearers. And so that's another thing, like with Roe v. Wade being overturned, that's, it's not done. We need heart change to happen as well. Boy, David, that's not only a beautiful story, which I loved hearing, it's also a great reminder of how you, you can't uh, take this job or this role lightly and you have to show up every day and speak truth and love into the lives of these children as they're stepping into adulthood Mm -hmm. and helping to prepare kids for what's coming down the pike Jaden, do you remember the uh the story of the the queen yeah and the um carrying the chariot Mm -hmm. okay what was about that story um do you want me to set it up and you kind of say what what happened sure so there was a queen and there's there's a, a page in the book where they you pull out this thing and it has a cliff on one side that says most dangerous and safest next to the road. And the story is the queen is going to go for a journey and she's like, well, who's going to carry me? And she asked people, hey, if you were to carry me, how how close would you carry me? Well, one guy says, oh, my queen, I would cl- I'm would, i so strong. I carry you right to the cliff and let you see a sight. 
Another one said, well, my queen, I'm not sure about that. But then one man comes and says, listen, my queen, why would I ever take you near the edge? And so on this page, it has a bunch of lines. And on the lines, it has a series of things. And this is what it has. And you write on the lines. You're preparing in advance. So lying down while passionately kissing and hugging. Number two, kissing. Three, touching below the neck. Four, holding hands. Five, touching below the waist. Six, being alone with him or her. Seven, passionate hugging, kissing. Eight, sexual intercourse. Nine, hugging. Ten, taking off clothes. And then on that line, they have to write from which is safest to which most is dangerous. And to talk about like what that looks like. Because if you don't have a plan, remember that? If no one ever plans to fail, they just fail to plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so and my, my oldest son, when I first did it with him, I told him, I said, dude, we're doing this. And he's like, why? I said, because things can happen so quick. He's like, what do you mean, dad? I said, that's how mom and I have the four of you. You know, <laughs> from closest, safest. Now we did it within the context of marriage. But, you know, so that thing is that we need to help prepare our kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, as one last person said, I think it was Web W.E. DeBose said, it's easier to build young men than to repair old men. Mm-hmm. Jaden, thanks for coming uh, to the studio today, and uh, you were great, and we're just so excited that you uh, were with us today. So, thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. All right, All right. David thanks, Rosie. Jayden. Great Monday afternoon mix. Always a great surprise. We'll take a little break. When we come back, Dr. Rob Reno is going to join us, and we're going to talk about the prodigals. So this is actually interesting timing for this topic. Uh, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.